this is the profession podcast where we're going to be discussing the profession of social work here in uganda its impacts achievements and also ups and downs plus hearing from the different social work practitioners on the different challenges that have been addressed and those that have not yet been addressed and what solutions do they have to overcome the challenges that have not yet been addressed Zao Shanghao, Guten Tag. Find more of this material on my Amazon page. These books go for $6 on Amazon. You'll be in a position to find other local languages on this page. For those who are battling with bipolar, there's a book that is just very perfect for you. It's entitled Hope Amidis Bipolar by the author Veronica Mirembe. In this book, you will be in a position to fight with resilience in regard to any mental health challenge you're going through. It also helps those who are battling with addictions know how to overcome and fight the battle with resilience. The Hope Amidis Bipolar book goes for $9. Did you hear that? Those are greetings in Chinese, French, and German, all from Veronica Mirembe. And those are books that she has written. Well, check them out on Amazon, on her Amazon page. For only $6, plus a book, Hopper Minister Bipolar, just for $9. And it goes for $9, I've said. And it's written to everyone or for everyone suffering with a different mental illness plus addictions you know she has said let me not repeat it all but otherwise welcome to this week's podcast welcome to the profession podcast and it is me your host tenua jim owen that is speaking well i know you've noticed a change in my voice and it's because i just uh, got a serious flu but next week i believe i'll be fine but um on the podcast i just want to share with you something knowledge that i got from someone who sat down with me in a conversation that i had with him sometime and he offered his expertise on the concept of occupational therapy and this person is samuel Chimboa. Mr. Samuel Chimboa is an occupational therapist at uh, Butabika National Referral Mental Hospital and he has worked there for years and you know let me not describe him a lot but thing is he offered his expertise and I learned a lot from him you know and all I can say I can describe him as a social worker directly or indirectly and uh all the approaches he was sharing with me, you know, they were based on social work, yeah? And I saw how occupational therapy is applied on, on the patients, you know, interacted with the patients who are undergoing that type of therapy. And, you know, I learned a lot from them, you know, and I learned a lot from Mr. Samuel Chimboa. And he's going to tell you his journey uh, within this podcast, his education journey a little bit. And, you know, I was mesmerized and uh, I was inspired, you know, to to um, somehow 
let me say, not not even somehow, but to just, you know, be like him when I get to the field out there. But otherwise, welcome to the Profession Podcast. And the social workers, well, it's high time you pay maximum attention to this podcast because he's going to share with us or he shared with me the challenges and what solutions need to be put in place you know for occupational therapy to go on well and you know as i've told you he's going to share with you on this podcast or he shared with me as i will be sharing with you part of this conversation on this podcast um all that he has gone through and how occupational therapy is done well that is this week's podcast occupational therapy for social workers whether you are bachelor's level master's level or any other level of education or to some of you who are in the field out there and you're in the administration part it's high time you pay maximum attention to this podcast and to even people who are uh, outside the profession of social work well also still before we dive in to into today's theme i want to thank people who are subscribing to the podcast on google podcasts well keep subscribing and you shall we shall we shall discuss lots of things regarding mental health because mental health is a big concept and uh, to those of you listening to the podcast outside uganda as uh for all of you i appreciate all the love but let's dive into this week's podcast so i wanted to find out from you as a person like starting from the skills what type of skills like do you um encourage these people to do at the hospital before they are discharged like as they're on their way to recovery what are the skills that you really encourage them to do because i know some of them come when they only have let's say a theoretical idea of that skill and maybe they're like they don't know anything regarding that particular skill so as they are on their way to recovery like how do you really encourage them to keep going with the skill mm. and uh, they can be able to boost themselves by them they are discharged and they go to the communities okay mm. uh, now i think i'll begin from the uh by talking about what occupational therapy is occupational therapy is a treatment mm. uh, given to uh, people who have been affected by the illness mm. either in the physical social psychological emotional mm. uh, the, the impact of these illnesses sometimes they over time they can affect uh, the the functioning yes yeah either the way someone takes care of themselves mm. or others it can affect work or productivity yes but also how they relate with others mm. in their environment mm. so the illness usually robs uh someone of the skills 
and without the skills usually someone may not be able to perform the things they used to like or enjoy as before. Yes. They are going to be restricted. Mm. These skills cannot be addressed on the medication. Mm. Medication can treat, can control symptoms, mm. but once someone has dropped off the skill, mm. they will need another approach to, to treatment or care. And that's where occupational therapy comes in. Yes. So occupational therapy will assess and then look at uh, the skill deficits mm. that someone has. Mm. And then we would select an activity mm. that will try to uh, restore this, that lost skill. Mm. Uh, in some individuals, we might maximize on the remaining abilities mm. only because uh, the illness might be so severe yeah. that the person cannot be retrained, mm. but you maximize on what is remaining. Yes. Or another way, you can train a new set of skills. Yes. For example, if I lost an arm, mm. my, maybe my dominant arm was the right, mm. and I've lost it, then I retrain using the left. Yes. So the left takes over. Mm. So as an occupational therapist, you train. Yeah. Yes. So you train new skills mm. so that this person can be able to be functional again mm. they can be able to be independent mm. yeah but our approach to treatment is normally client centered mm. but the person chooses what they are interested in yes. not what you, th you think the person needs yes yeah because from research mm. people are more likely to comply and participate in an activity where they have interest. Mm. Yeah. So that's what we ride on as a professional therapist. Mm. Okay. So even if I even if someone came here and there are so many activities mm. and he's um and has no interest, yes, then it won't be meaningful to that person. Mm. And also how people choose interest uh, activities matches their occupation, uh culture, mm. uh and other roles that they uh, they do within the society yes. or even their status. Mm. Uh, for example, it would be rare for a student who has broken down to come here and tell me, I want to go and dig at the farm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. They will say, do you have some newspaper I want to read? Mm. The tasks they may choose at that time may be related to literacy. Yeah. Okay? Mm. Yes. So all those factors uh, matter in terms of choice of the activities. Mm. Yes. Whereas a farmer, I will be unfair to a farmer mm. uh, who is recovering and I tell him, you come here, you'll be reading mm. uh, books. Mm. For them, they will, most of them, they will come and say, do you have a garden? I need to go and do some digging, mm. learn how to take care of the animals. And I test myself to see if I'm still capable. Yes. Yeah? So that's why... Uh, being client-centered is very, very important yeah, in this case. Mm -hmm. Now, you talked about the activities. Yeah. Activities uh, are many. But usually as an OT or an occupational therapist, mm -hmm. we look at what is the rationale of this activity. How is it important mm. to this uh, individual? Mm. What therapeutic component? When I say therapeutic component, I mean when someone does this activity, which skill are they learning? Mm. Or what are they gaining 
from, from a scale uh, from participating in a certain activity mm-hmm. yeah for example if you're a student and you broke down and uh, one of your challenges is to concentrate mm-hmm. i'll choose a reading task can offer so many memory concentration mm-hmm. span attention mm-hmm. so i choose an activity and i analyze it i look at the inherent uh, properties in it mm-hmm. if someone read newspapers one they will be able to uh, memorize mm. they will be able to concentrate mm. but also there's what we call orientation yeah. getting to know what is happening yeah. around you mm. so you see how that one activity can offer so many benefits yes uh, to the person then mm. okay? so that is now a bit of psychological yeah but if someone came in here and is depressed mm. i can even choose a simple activity like walking Okay. From research, mm. uh, being engaged in mild to moderate physical activity mm. can uh, improve the mood of people with depression. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I will choose an activity based on the client needs, mm. based on based on their challenges, but also based on their uh, interests. Mm. There are those activities that are aimed at. Uh, promoting insight. Many of our patients come here and they say, "I was bewitched. Mm. Uh, this is I'm not sick." Okay? But they need someone who can help them understand that this is an illness. Yeah. Though in the community, the interpretation might be different, mm. but for us in the hospital, we see that this is clearly mm. an illness that requires uh, treatment mm. uh, using very many modalities. Medication is not the on the alpha and omega of treatment. Yeah. People are going to need several other kinds of uh, treatment. Mm. So that one, once I promote insight, the person is able now to understand. Yeah. Then there are activities where we train uh, the vocational. Mm. Vocational comes in because most of our people with mental health problems are also, unfortunately, poor. Yeah. Okay. They can't afford a basic meal. Mm. They are homeless. Mm. They have many challenges. They can't even some afford other types of treatments. Mm. So vocational skills, one comes in to retrain mm. the skill or to train a new skill that someone can use. Yes. Not only to be engaged or to keep busy, but vocational skill, if one did it at a high level, mm. they would leave the hospital and then uh, become self-employed mm. so that they can be able to earn a living. Yeah. And, but also they are productive. Mm. They can be able to fend uh, basic needs for themselves. Yeah. Okay. In other words, you are trying to reduce the poverty rate. Mm. The olivers mm. in that case. Then the other activities where people learn interpersonal skills. Mm. Many of our patients, when they break down, they lose so many skills. Even the confidence to speak to a normal person might go. Yeah. Because they see themselves as low compared mm. to others. They see themselves as incapable. Mm. So some of the activities they come here to do, like group skills mm. or group therapy, mm. is aimed at improving social skills. Yeah. They learn to listen. They learn to give feedback. Mm. They uh, socialize with others and so on. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so each activity here is tailored to help a client learn a particular activity. Mm. So um, 
So these activities, mm. uh, we normally, once a client we've assessed them, we would sit and look at their interests. Yeah. We have several assessment tools that we use mm. who know their interests, their attitudes, their yeah. motivations to engage in different activities. Mm. And then once we identify those activities, then we would sit with the client and say, when you do this, this is what you do. Yeah, this is what we learn when we do engagement mm. activity. So the person there is motivated even to come mm. every day to participate in that activity because they see the benefits, mm. they see uh, the outcomes uh, once they engage in these activities. Definitely. Yeah, so that's what we uh, do. Mm. But of course, we don't only work in the hospital here, mm. we do home visits okay. uh, to clients' homes and support them from there. Mm. Because as a therapist, we believe the environment itself can affect your recovery. Mm. So uh, doing a home visit, we want to look at how is the environment set up. Yeah. Or how is the community reach support someone's level of recovery. Mm. What needs to be changed or adjusted mm. so that this, uh, this person can uh, be able to function better. Mm. Why even need to change the attitudes of the family members? Because sometimes it could be the attitude of family members and mm. you need to uh, to do psych education mm. so that they, they understand uh, the patient's experience, yes. the person's experience. Mm. Sometimes it might be the community yeah. itself. So the special therapists uh, will do that home visit mm-hmm. and uh, support, mm-hmm. but also look at a support system. For the therapists, uh, it will be good to work with others around the person. Mm-hmm. What you do, you build a system yeah. because in most cases, uh, if you you the person relies on you, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be unhealthy. As a therapist. So you build a system, mm. even when you are not there, you know that system mm. can support this individual. Mm. But also, why we build this system is for sustainability purposes. Definitely. Yeah. Because at one point, we must terminate therapy. But yeah. what happens after, after therapy? You, yeah, after therapy. Mm. So you build that system. Yeah. Maybe once in a while, you can call to see how. Things are and growing, yeah, mm. and uh, chipping when you when you feel you need to uh, modify certain things. Mm. Yeah, so that's why we do uh, these uh, home visits to, uh, to continue, but also for sustainability. Then we create a system, majorly the family mm. or other factor or other institutions within the community. Mm. and be able to, you can link that person or the family to those systems. Mm. A system can be a school, mm. can be a vocational training center, okay. can be a church, where the person goes and learns, interacts, mm. they learn skills, mm. yeah, so that they can be able to uh, to be functional, mm. they can be able to be productive members of society, mm. yeah. Uh, they can also meet others. We have what we call the peer support model. Yeah. There are people with who with lived experiences of mental illness, mm. but they have stayed in wellness for a very long time without relapsing. So sometimes linking uh, our patients to such individuals can be very, very empowering. Yeah. For us doctors, we've 
we, we know these experiences people go through by the book. But sometimes when someone in the community says, I've been on the ward, I've put on the uniform, yeah. I've taken that medication, mm. and actually I'm still on that medication, mm. but I'm functioning. Yeah. So this person becomes like a role model mm. to this individual. Mm. And also this person is able to inspire hope in this other person that, oh, you mean when I have, when someone gets a mental health problem, it's not the end. Yeah. It's life after that. Mm. Okay. And actually, uh, that model has helped us with hard projects. Yeah, I are using that model. Mm. And the outcomes are really, really uh, positive. Yeah. Yes. So that's how I can uh, summarize that. Okay. Yeah. So basically now, mm. in this occupational therapy, mm. then uh, we were brought here and I was seeing patients and they were really, really doing uh, a good job in, in the therapy. They were really concentrating and I interacted with a few of them mm. and they were like, okay, now the cake is big, like this and like this. Mm. So um, as a therapist, or where I usually get. Mm. So now, um, as a therapist, mm. you know, working in this section, what are those challenges that you've met when dealing with these patients? Because I know there are hurdles mm. that uh, you really face as an occupational therapist. So what are some of those? Mm. Uh, one, I think, is uh, human resource. Mm. Yeah, we are few therapists. Yeah. Yet the demand is so high. Mm, and even across the country, yeah, demand is so high. Mm. I've visited communities, uh, and sometimes I wonder. Yeah, uh, there are so many people. Uh, we visited communities where we do not. There is not even a single therapist to help. It is really, 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 really high. Mm. Okay. I've visited the communities where I really see the rates of epilepsy so, so high, mm. and people are not even on medication. Mm. And you wonder how your children and it's overwhelming. Yeah, okay. it's really overwhelming. Yeah. So, one is human resource. Mm. I think the other one is accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. Some health facilities are there, but access, okay, mm. due to poverty levels. Mm. Yeah. If someone says the hospital is here, but it's far, mm. it's far. I can't, I can't uh, afford. Mm. And therefore, that's why I have to rely on local remedies. Okay. The rest, I think, is resources. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you really know how to help mm. an individual, but the resources you have available, mm. they may not be adequate okay yeah to support uh, this person i've seen a number of children mm. uh, for example epilepsy, and you need to help them have uh, uh, something to, to, to reduce risks of head injury because mm. every time they are going to fall down you've seen a lot of scars on their head mm. and you you think of uh, something to protect them like a helmet mm. but then you don't have the resources to make that, but even the family, mm. if you uh, refer them to a place where they can buy it, they don't have the, uh, the financial support.
So all those are challenges, challenges of yeah. few therapists across the country because I looked um, at the number of therapists here in Uganda and I'm <laughs> it left me wondering. Yeah, so according to you, what do you think should be the remedy on increasing on the number of therapists? Mm. Of course, I know education is really a priority. So what do you think should be done? Like, to increase the number of therapists like you, you know, to keep helping people um, that are suffering from mental illness um, in, in the different parts of the country? Uh, I think we need to come right from the policy level. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think my own thinking as an individual, mm. government should find out promoting uh, interventions. They have promoted so much mm. on the medical side. Mm. Those that use uh, there are those that use medication. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. They have marketed medicines. Mm. Okay. Uh, they have made so many awareness programs mm. right now they have COVID vaccination mm. so they should also have a drive where they market uh, policy yeah, policy levels policy levels is um, increase mm. first of all uh, at policy it can be increase um, recruitment mm. then promote the service yes okay mm. yeah and uh, also I think the promote the service not only in the health but mm. also when you recruit mm. and make um, and make positions available mm. then even the education system when more people are going to enroll mm. to want to fill those places. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's why I said policy. Policy level. Policy level. Yeah. Policy level. I keep emphasizing mm. that as a person. Mm. Policy level. Mm. So, um, as an individual still and as a therapist, mm. what have you learned from you know your career and mm. I practiced it for a long, long time. Mm. How how have you learned from you know all the different patients that you know you bring on mm. on the journey as they keep recovering? Mm. What have you? Because I know. There are things you learn from them. There are things you know they learn from you. Mm. It's it's two it's two way. Mm. You know how have you learned? You know from these patients because I know some of them come with hidden abilities. Mm. So how has that helped you? Mm. You know outside therapy and in therapy. You know as you practice. Now, uh, when I compare myself now and many years ago. Mm. Certainly, there is a lot of learned. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> one, the things, the experiences. These books they tell us about certain symptoms, mm. about um, patient diagnosis, and and so on. Mm. But there are certain experiences that have never been documented in the yeah. and you are seeing it for the first time. For the first time, you are hearing about it for the first time, mm. and you say, "Wow." This I've never met in my life. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I use my kind of approach mm. as a therapist is empowering. It's not to teach. And I usually tell my patients mm. whenever they come to me, you set the agenda yeah. for the meeting. Mm. You tell me what we are going to talk about today. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. What you think is troubling. That's why you said client centered. Yeah. So when so you collaborate as equals, mm-hmm. not as someone who knows it all, mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a way, a way where you impose yourself as the expert in everything. Yes. So when you collaborate as equals, mm. then it gives you an opportunity to learn, mm. but also uh, your patient won't see you as someone who is uh, uh, authoritative. Yeah. And therefore, they are going to be more free mm. to open up. Mm. I've seen people who come and tell me, are you liberal? I say, yeah, hey, I'm liberal. Mm. And then someone tells me, I'm gay. Okay. Mm. So you being gay is not my problem. I'm trying to be more tolerant. Mm. Uh, don't judge. Mm. And normally, I've adopted this term we call it, we call it Socratic questioning. Yeah. You speak less, mm. but your questions guide people to talk more. Mm. Okay. So it's more of the talking. Less talking, less talking. listening. Mm. Less talking and more no listening. Yes. Yeah. That's when we understand. I like that approach. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that I've also learned about it. Most of the knowledge, when I see that I have a knowledge gap, understand when someone has come to me and said, uh, have you read about this? And to me it's for the first time I'm hearing it. I'll I'll be honest. I tell my patients, oh that sounds new to me. I'll let me note it down and then read about it. Yeah. Rather than that approach where people think uh, the doctor knows it all. No, the doctor knows it all. Yeah. But it's not definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There are things you don't know. There are things you know. Yeah. Okay? Mm. So now I will gladly accept and tell the person, well, that sounds new to me. Mm. Let me note it down and go mm. and yeah. about it. Okay? Mm. Yeah. So I think also the knowledge. Yeah, when I came here, I didn't know how to use these tools. Mm. Okay? Yeah. yeah. But through practice, through reading, mm. yeah, I've been able to... Mm. Uh, to add on so many skills. I don't work alone. We work as a team in the hospital here. Mm. So I work with psychiatrists, I work with clinical psychologists, I work with social workers, mm. clinicians. Mm. And, and in most cases, even they may refer to me based on my experience. And so we suspect this, but do the assessments and give us a feedback yeah. of what you see. Mm. Okay? Mm. So I always do these assessments. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I've also advanced my career. I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I came here as an educational therapist, mm. and I think I'm uh, about to qualify with a master's. So, mm. Yeah. I came with a diploma, so um, I'm trying to advance to uh, master's level. Master's, yeah. Mm. But also, I've acquired other skills and worked on many research projects now. Mm. Still in mental health in uh, universities. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it has given me a lot. Well, what can I say? The expert has spoken. Find this podcast on Google and Apple Podcasts and also press or click on that 
subscribe button to get episodes like these where we speak mental health and where you hear from practitioners offer their expertise from me to you I sign out.